All right, football is here. It's been here. And SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ODDS today. That's promo code ODDS, O-D-D-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And we're also brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, thanks, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Welcome to Against All Odds, Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Producer Tate the Snake Frazier is with us. What's happening, Tate? Hey, how's it going, Sal? Missed you guys. I missed you too. I missed, uh, missed you Monday. Yeah, what, what a week for you, though. What a year for you. It's really, it just goes on and on, right? Uh, I guess. You, <laughs> it got better this week. Like I, I think of like what a year you've had. You like you do like thirteen podcasts on the network. This time last year, I don't think you had that many. Uh, uh, Steph Curry retweets you. You get verified on Twitter as a result, mm-hmm. and it all pales in comparison to this Monday when Bill Simmons, the CEO of this network, called you the Jimmy Garoppolo. Of the ringer, it it was tough to wake up to that. That that was the first thing. I woke up Monday morning. Uh, Lombardi and I did not do the Sunday night podcast, so right. I came in, drove in early, and I uh, looked at Twitter. And the first thing was Bill called you the Jimmy Garoppolo, and I obviously had to listen to it. And you know, I, I didn't take it too well. So you didn't like that? No, no. <laughs> I uh, I don't like to associate myself with the Patriots at any point in my life, especially now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. I, I even told you, I said I'd, I'd probably rather be Ryan Mallett. At least I'd be more fun. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was a Patriot for a second, right? Or yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's better than Brian Hoyer, Hoyer though. At least I I'm not you. Hoyer. Well, uh, listen, it was very big of Bill because for you to be Jimmy Garoppolo, he had to make himself <laughs> Tom Brady. That's so. the funny thing about it. I don't think it was because he thinks I'm actually talented or Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. He just wanted to be Brady. So, well, the good thing is Monday is uh, only a few days away, and we could sort it all out. Maybe, maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe Garoppolo will throw like four interceptions uh, this week, <laughs> and that, that'll be that. Um, well, you're here. Uh, later on, we have Bob Aram on the show, mm-hmm. boxing promoter, great um, Lomachenko, Rigondeaux. I've watched a lot of video. People say Rigondeaux and Rigondeaux, or Rigondeaux. Uh, I'm going to say Diaw. Lomachenko, Rigondeaux. This Saturday, big, big fight. Great. If you haven't seen this, Lomachenko is terrific. Best pound for pound out there, I think. I'm going to talk to Bob about that fight. I'm going to talk to him about corrupt judges. We'll get into other stuff. The history has been around boxing for 50 years. Uh, But before we talk to Bob, we're going to go over fake props, real props, best bets with my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta. What's happening, guys? Steps out. What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? All right. Well, listen, you guys are going on. Two out of three. Usually we have Harry's the winner. He's been carrying us for a while, but Harry lost. What happened, Harry? You had the Chiefs over the Jets. It was looking good, 14 nothing early. 14 nothing. first five minutes in. But then, like, I mean, watching that game, correct me if I'm wrong, but it did seem like from the second quarter on, every possession that the Jets had, somehow, some way, the Kansas City defense faltered. And the Jets would be in Kansas City territory. Seems like every possession from the second quarter on it was so frustrating. And still had a chance to cover at the end if I would have got a touchdown, if they would have helped in the field goal. Two late penalties helped the Jets get the touchdown, and that was that. Couldn't do it. Couldn't pull it out. And they changed the play Couldn't callers. It. It's not Andy Reid calling plays, and they scored in the 30s. That's a tough loss. for I don't get that team at all. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. But The big tomato let me down again. Yeah, that's Andy <laughs> Reid, right? Right. Uh, Brother Bry, you had a winner, and I jumped on with you. Wisconsin, plus 6.5 last Wednesday. We gave that out on the podcast over Ohio State, Big Ten Championship. Everyone heard that. They rushed to their local sports book, 
and they bet it, and they bet it, and it's all the way down to Ohio State minus three and a half, I think, or three uh, at kickoff. But we won plus six and a half. Ohio State won. What did they win by, three or four? Now I can't remember. Three, right? No, it's no Ohio four. State won by uh, six. 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 Okay, right. Won by six. Yeah, they won by six, six, six. So, yeah. So I, I felt bad that that line dropped so much because I really liked the six and a half. But don't feel I don't bad. know if I would have taken them with like a three or three and a half. But uh, six just covered. You made you made the you made the right call. What everyone does with the line after you release the pick is their business. We had it at six and a half, and God bless you, that's a win. <laughs> but more importantly, the parlay kid is back on track. He hit his three teamer. Huh. What did you have? You had uh, now I can't remember, but I know you had uh, you had Boise. You had was Oklahoma yeah. the second team, and who was third? And Clemson, Clemson, yeah, obviously right? Oklahoma and Clemson, real. Real easy. Right. Uh, Boise State made me sweat it out. Of course, the last game in the parlay always makes you sweat it out. But is the parlay kid back? No, I'm not back yet. So I gotta, I gotta win three or four in a row before <laughs> oh, before no. you can consider me back all at right. all. You know. All right. What do you think, Tate? Is he back? You don't think he's back either? I like the. I like that you're staying humble, uh, parlay kid. That's very good. good. You gotta stay humble, Tate. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> don't call yourself Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll say though, nobody takes these losses worse than Darren. Like when when we were watching <laughs> UFC that night, and he's following the Boise State game on his phone. You could just tell he's like visibly <laughs> just sick to his stomach because he's like it's fourteen ten. Just it was hurting him so badly. That, I was watching that game <laughs> too. The, 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 there was there was no scoring that second half. The offenses just went. <laughs> went to sleep and uh, oh. pulled it out though. That was a win. Listen, I had my luckiest win it ever. It was nice. It's nice. It was. It was. It was nice. Confidence goes back a little bit, but long way to go, Sal. Long way to go. I think as a group we turned the corner. Obviously, Tate the Snake is on cloud nine with this new uh, being anointed the Jimmy Garoppolo to to uh, <laughs> Bill Simmons as Tom Brady. But the rest of us, I think, are turning a corner here. Harry needs to get back on track. I had uh, Tennessee. Minus seven over Houston, the luckiest, luckiest win ever. Not the greatest, but the luckiest uh, in terms of I gave it out as my bet of the year. They should be running the clock out, and uh, and Derrick Henry runs for a 75-yard touchdown with almost no time left. <laughs> they had no no reason running a play there. But anyway, we got that going on. We have we're, Hey, listen, we're close to legalizing gambling. New Jersey is going to win that case. Jimmy Vaccaro laid three-to-one odds that the state of New Jersey is going to win that Supreme Court case. And gambling is going to be legal now. They don't rule on it until uh, spring, but um, and I'd love to get someone to talk about that next week on the uh, podcast. Maybe I don't know Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Clarence Thomas. I, I know Sonia Sotomayor listens to the podcast. If you're willing to come on, any of those justices, really, I will uh, be willing to discuss it. Now, let's go to our Bovada props. Bovada.lv has uh, they've actually given me my own page where I can make up props, and within reason, you can bet on these. Harry, one of the props was that you would weigh over under 194 and a half pounds. We have a bet that you won't lose 52 pounds by Super Bowl 52. Um, people bet the under so much, 85%, in fact, bet the under, they took it off the board. Isn't that, Harry, are these people insane or are you going to win this bet? That's insane. But uh, I'm going to try to win. I'm really trying to win this bet. I'm just like I was telling a pal today. I'm just. I'm starving. What I want to really do is I just want to go and I want to spend like I want to spend like eighty dollars a Kentucky Fried Chicken is what I want to do. I'll do that. Or everything on the menu. And when I maybe when I if I do win this bet, that's what I'll do the day after. But oh my. Uh, why but wait? I'm starving. Why, why but wait? It's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna keep going. I had tuna fish today on my low carb bread. That's all I've ate today is tuna fish on my low carb bread. Gross. The gross. low carb bread is still happening, huh? Still happening. I don't listen. I'll give you the eighty dollars. I'll buy out a little bit. I'll give you eighty dollars a day for the next week if you want for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Do you want that? Don't uh, don't deny I want yourself, it so bad. Harry. No, I'll pass. Really? I'll pass. All right. I'll well, pass. so that that's yep. no longer on the board. You can't bet the under because I guess because they couldn't move the actual weight because you only have that number. That's your goal weight, and it's not like you're going to go lower than that, even though you claim you're going to. But I do have a new prop up. My cousin Jimmy against Roy Moore, uh, the embattled uh, Senate uh, candidate of Alabama. Somehow they're, uh, they're embroiled in a, in a fight, and Roy Moore called Jimmy out on Twitter. Jimmy retaliated. He wasn't sure if Roy was challenging him to a fight, so Jimmy accepted the challenge. Jimmy is minus 800 over Roy Moore if they are to have a boxing match anytime soon. Um, 
That's pretty crazy to look at that. <laughs> Roy Moore is 70 years old. He was a Vietnam vet. Maybe, maybe it should be glad. Jimmy's a, a bigger favorite than Mayweather was over uh, McGregor. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right, but, um, but I wouldn't bet Roy Moore at this point. Um, speaking of Jimmy, yeah, is, uh, I love how on yeah. Bavada it says like this. This what? fight has to happen before like February 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before Roy Moore turns uh, uh. 83 years old, but. Um, yeah, I'd like to see it happen. I think it would be great. But uh, speaking of Jimmy, uh, his son Billy's in the hospital recuperating at heart surgery. He's doing great. Uh, continued prayers and thank you, everyone, for the uh, nice messages. Now, That's uh, great news. Yes. Yep. Back to gambling, though. Uh, let's take a look at one of these Bovada.lv props. Brother Bry, I like this one. Who will have the number one seed in the NFC heading into the playoffs? Vikings plus one twenty five, Eagles one seventy five, Saints three to one, Rams five to one, Seahawks seven to one. What's the best value right now? The Vikings are in the driver's seat, even though they're tied with the Eagles at ten and two. Which do you see as any number jump out at you? Yeah, I, when I was looking at this, I started looking at all their schedules, and I, yeah. you know, I couldn't find a reason not to take the Vikings plus one twenty five. I feel like. Not great value, but I do like them because they also have the tiebreaker right now against the Eagles. If mm-hmm. you look at their their schedule, they're at Carolina, home against Bengals, at Green Bay, and then home against Chicago. I think they go three and one, so I think they end up at thirteen and three. I also think the Eagles are going to end up probably at thirteen and three. I think they lose to the Rams this week, and then I think they sweep their last three. They're at Giants, uh, home against the Raiders, and home against the Cowboys. So I think in order for like the Saints or the Rams to jump in, they have to go four and zero, oh, and I think. The Rams, while I do think they beat the Eagles this week, I think they lose at Seahawks next week. And then the same with the Saints. They'd have to go 4-0, and actually, and then the Vikings would still have to go 2-2 uh, and because they'd hold the tiebreaker over them in the head-to-head as well. So right. I, I, think, I think the Vikings plus 125 is still pretty good in this one. All right, I'm going to be a contrarian here. The Vikings are probably the bet, but I'm going to go Eagles. And I think this week, actually, the the – the odds are going to change tremendously one way or another. Vikings at Carolina, Eagles at Rams. I think one of these teams makes a move on the other, even though there's a, those are tough road games for both. But I'm going to say the Eagles pull that out, and like you said, they run the table. They win the rest of the way. I, I actually think they're going to be 14-2. and two. I don't know why. I actually I think they – I don't know. It was weird just him fumbling through the end zone. I'm not sure Seattle was the better team uh, last week, but um should be close, and it's going to be good. Um, do you know, do you yeah. know, it's funny, I was looking at, do you know the odds, what the odds would be for winning, like, or or a team back-to-back road games on the West Coast? I mean, I, I was trying to think what the odds are for, like, the second game. Oh, interesting. I, I so, oh, yeah, at Seattle. Because I think, you know, I know the Eagles are staying in California this week, but right. I don't know if that really helps. I think that that might actually hurt them. It's tough. I think there's a huge asterisk considering there's going to be um, thirty-five to forty thousand Eagle fans there at the at the uh, Coliseum this week. But yeah, it's that that you know what maybe R.J. Bell, one one of our guys, could look that up. Uh, Harry, let's look at the college football championship. Alabama plus one ninety to win it. Clemson plus two fifty to win it. Oklahoma plus three thirty three and Georgia plus three thirty three. You bet Georgia. At plus 350. First of all, was Bama the right call? Bavada.lv has them favored at plus 190. But were they were they the right call to be the inserted as the fourth seed? Oh, I think they were the right call, absolutely. I mean, I don't care for Saban, don't care for Alabama, but they definitely were the right call. I mean, they lost. Uh, their schedule was very weak this year. It wasn't very impressive, but they lost to Alabama where Ohio State, a lot of people thought Ohio State should be in, but... Ohio State had the two losses. They lost against Oklahoma on their home turf. They beat Penn State, but only uh, in the last seconds that they had the lead. They were losing the whole game at home that game, too. And they beat a weak, uh, a weak uh, Wisconsin team uh, who, had, who had played nobody. So I think Alabama was the right call. Right. All right. So who do you see? I, you know, I thought of it, and it's true. Like someone said, there are more reasons to – Go against both of those teams, Ohio State and Alabama, in terms of what what you know, building a resume than there were for them. But the question I kept asking myself is, if they played, if Alabama played Iowa a hundred times, how many times would they lose by thirty-one or more points? And I kept coming up with the number zero. Was I right, Tate? Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, thank you. 
That that's my standard. I don't know how the committee decided, but Harry, you still like Georgia? You got it at plus three fifty. It's down to plus three thirty three. Tell us why you like Georgia. Well, I like Georgia because look, everyone in college football has a bad game or two, and for Georgia, it was the first game against Auburn where they gave up forty points. But for the rest of the season. The Georgia Bulldogs have only given up 20 points or more in one game. One game. Meanwhile, in the very weak, defensive-minded Big 12, Oklahoma gave up 20 points or more in a game eight times this year. They gave up 41 points to Baylor. They mm-hmm. gave up 38 points at home to Iowa State. And on offense, senior running back Nick Chubb for Georgia is having his best season since his freshman year. Their top three running backs, Georgia's top three running backs, are averaging 6.2, 7.2, and 8.2 yards per carry. Um, Jake Fromm, being, I think he's going to be able to be confident and be able to manage uh, the game at quarterback for, um, for them as well, for Georgia as well. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. Go ahead. The last time a Big 12 quarterback won the Heisman, and let's just say, let's just say, that uh, Mayfield's got that locked in. I'm pretty sure he does. We can agree with that. Yep. That I the think last time a Heisman winner lost in the championship game was 2008 when Oklahoma quarterback Sam Bradford lost to Florida, an SEC school, by 10 points. And that game, Bradford threw two picks. Also in that season, very eerie numbers between Mayfield and Bradford. Bradford had 50 touchdowns and eight picks. Mayfield 41 and five. They both had five rushing touchdowns both within 300 yards of passing. So it's the same scenario set up almost. So I'm thinking that they take care of the big Big 12 representative in Oklahoma and then let Alabama and let Clemson beat the crap out of each other. And again, like we just mentioned, <laughs> Bama might, they were the right team to put in there at four, but also their schedule was weak. And if it wasn't for Auburn blowing a 17-point lead, at LSU, Bama probably wouldn't even be in the discussion of it because right because either Auburn or Ohio State would have gotten the four seed. Yeah, maybe. I, I think Alabama got screwed a little with that Florida State thing. I think Francois. I think they had him beat before Francois right. went out, and then they went on to lose like six games, Florida State. But so that should have been a bigger win. But it didn't matter anyway. Uh, so you like them at plus three thirty three. You had them at plus three fifty. <laughs> Brother Bry, do these odds make sense? I know once you get back down to the final four, it's only two games. They're not going to give you a great deal on these odds for to win a championship. But I don't know. If Alabama wins, they'll be at least a three-point favorite over Georgia. So if you're betting plus 333 or plus 350 for Georgia, you're only making out if, you know, if, if it's Clemson, Georgia in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right with that. I, I don't remember the odds for four teams always – being this close ever like I think Washington last year was like eight to one or something like that when they were in the in the playoff but I think that what what the line is showing right now is like the championship game whether it be uh, Alabama or Clemson it looks like right now they'd be like a minus 160 favorite based on what those those odds are and then Oklahoma or Georgia would be plus 130 so I don't know what you think it, it probably you think it'll be Worse than minus one sixty once like that championship game is, but it, that's what it's showing right now. If they went, if they went against Georgia or uh, or, or anybody, or yeah, yeah. If Al- if Alabama wins, Alabama against Oklahoma or Georgia or Clemson versus Oklahoma or Georgia, they'd be a minus one sixty favorite based on like these plus one ninety these championship odds. Right yeah, now. I don't see a minus more than a field goal in any of those scenarios you mentioned, but yeah, right around there, I think. Yeah. And I think this, you know, I. Ohio State, obviously, they don't they don't care to hear this, but I'm more interested in Ohio State USC than I am uh, Georgia Oklahoma at this point. So I think it's created like three fun games now as a result of uh, Ohio State being bumped to five. All right, Darren, the parlay kid, got a big one. New York Giants they fired their coach. Uh, basically, I think well because he sucked, but also because he benched uh, Eli Manning. Um, there's a prop on Bovada.lv. Will the Giants score 30 or more points in any of their last four games? They have not scored 30 or more points since August 31st when they beat the Patriots 40-38 to in uh, a preseason game. Do they have it in them to score 30-plus in these last four? 
Sal, uh, do, you know, do you actually have any idea when the last time they scored in a regular season game? It was actually over two, about, about two years ago now. Was it really? Uh, when they lost to the Eagles in the last game of the season, 35-30. to 30. So in a regular season game, not once under McAdoo as a head coach mm. did they uh, uh, approach 30 points. But Sal, at minus 150, I thought actually I didn't really like those odds in terms of uh, the answer being no for the Giants. Yeah, the yes is minus 30. 150, um, the no is plus 110. Right? Yes is minus, I'm sorry. That's sorry. Right. Yes is minus yeah. 150. But to be honest with you, I, I really didn't like that. But, you know, the odds are getting, this is this is one of those times, Sal, where you kind of sit back and you look at this with the Giants. The, there's no pressure on them, right? This is the worst case scenario for the Cowboys this week, a team that desperately needs to beat a 2-10 and 10 team. Mm-hmm. The fact that everything that happened with Eli, now he's coming back. You know, the team is certainly going to rally around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the Giants' schedule, this is they play the Cowboys this week. They're getting Sean Lee back. That's going to help the defense. Is, is uh, the Cowboys a team that Eli can maybe get 30 points against? It's possible. Uh, the week after, they're home against the Eagles. They're not getting 30 on the Eagles. Then they go into Arizona. Are they going to get 30 on Arizona? I guess it could be possible to talk about two teams that have nothing to play for, but I'm really looking at this last game, just like a couple years ago when they put up 30 against the Eagles. They're home against the Redskins in what could be Eli's swan song right there mm-hmm. uh, against them. So I could see that just like, like nobody playing defense that game. Nobody wants to get hurt. The Redskins already have had 100 injuries this year, like the Giants as well. That's going to be a wide-open game. I think at least by that game, the Giants go over 30. So I like the yes and minus 150 right there. Yeah, I'm with you too. Dallas is 21st in defense uh, in terms of points allowed per game. Uh, but like you say, Sean Lee's coming back. Philly, third in defense, 18 points a game. Probably cross that off. At Arizona, uh, 13th in defense, 26 points a game. And uh, I think the Redskins are 19th. I think it would be that game also, 26. Although, who knows? It could be a snowstorm or something like that. But I think yes is the uh, play here at minus 150. Uh, Tate, what do you think? You think the Giants have it in them? No. In, no. a, wor- in a word, no. <laughs> no? In, in a word, plus I, I one I agree time. with Tate. You do? Yeah. I feel bad for you, You guys really don't see this as... I think about this situation right here. Like everybody's <laughs> going to rally around Eli. Everybody wants to so stick it to McAdoo, mm-hmm. right? And that's all some of the time these guys need is a little motivation, right? To do it. I know that Giants don't have a ton of weapons, but I could just I just think that time would be right over these next four games for them to score thirty. I really think so. Harry, you're suspiciously quiet on uh, on your favorite team and, and and their ability to score 30 points in a game. I I like I like I like Darren's theory on uh, the last game of the season against the Redskins. That could be absolutely no defense. If that's going to happen, like you said, with Lee coming back, if that's going to happen, I'd love for it to happen this week against Dallas. But uh, if it's going to happen, I think uh, the Redskins might be the way to, way to go in that game. Well, like here's the thing: right? then maybe you wait three weeks and you know hope that they don't get the 30, and then you could probably go over 20 three and a half or something, whatever that'll be at uh, the last game of the season and get uh, even odds. But, yeah, there is a chance of those first three. Crazy thing is they've only been within one score of 30 once and forever, and that was that October 15th Sunday night game against Denver. They lost. They had 23, which was close, but not exactly 30. All right, you can find these and so many other props on Bovada.lv, and Jimmy Kimmel versus Roy Moore is up there too if you want to bet on that. But right now... We're going to go to one of our favorite segments, Captain Morgan's Make-Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I cruise the river, tackling fake gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. We just talked about it. Big game between the Giants and Cowboys. Eli is starting. A lot of craziness in New York. A lot of support for Eli. So the prop this week is number of Eli Manning jerseys this Sunday at MetLife Stadium versus career passing yards for Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. Tate the Snake Frazier. I'm putting this one at even. I'm not even making a spread on either side. Which number is going to be bigger, Parley Kid? Number of Manning jerseys or Jimmy Garoppolo passing yards? Career. Well, Sal, everybody here that I know in New York that roots for the Giants and that has tickets, yeah. they've all given them away. Really? I think, uh, 
Yeah, everybody I know is uh, the Cowboy fans are gobbling these tickets up. Mm. The Giants fans, as of a couple weeks ago, were getting rid of their tickets. Mm. Okay, uh, Garoppolo, uh, boy, Brian and I was so impressed with him last week uh, watching that game. He can really make all the throws. Uh, you know how much? Is, by the way, Harry, what does MetLife hold? What does that stadium hold? It's the, it's the worst new stadium in football. Eighty, it is eighty, eighty. Yeah, I think it's 82. 80,000? Tate's is yeah. 82. Oh, All right. Yeah. Hey, they've been, they've been averaging 77,000 this year. Right. Yeah, so who let's, knows? Let's, that let's, could be. Let's break is that, that is down. That how Eli Jerseys are going to be <laughs> out. In a, yeah. You know, they, Eli Jerseys are going to be out in abundance uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, any, any self-respecting Giant fan will probably wear one to show support for Eli. There's going to be a lot of them. Uh, Garoppolo, for as good as he looked, Let's face it, that, that he'd have to throw for a lot of yardage, even though we like this kid a lot. We're, we're as high on him as maybe Simmons is, and I think Shanahan is going to be a great coach for him. Hmm. What a great trade. Teams are going to regret not giving up maybe a first for this kid mm-hmm. while San Fran got him for a second. So, so I'm going to say, let's go with this. Gonna be, there's still going to be more giant uh, Manning jerseys in that stadium okay. uh, this week than Garoppolo yard. So take, take, the, take the fans. All right, all right, brother Bry, do you agree with your brother Darren, the parlay kid? Uh, I disagree with them because, as he was saying at the beginning, like most most Giant fans, I think sold their tickets a week ago, but when they benched Manning for uh, Geno, so I think, yeah, I mean, how many Giant fans wear Manning jerseys this week? Like ten thousand? I mean, you might see just as many Romo jerseys in there. I, I do think half of this team is going to be Cowboy fans at least. I was just going to say, this game. I mean, obviously yeah. it's big for the Giants, but I think. Like you were just talking about earlier, I think the Redskins games is going to be the real the swan song for Eli. So I could see a lot of a lot of jerseys, but ten thousand passing yards for Garoppolo is going to be easy for him to pass. I think oh. I know it's one game so far, but I could easily see this guy throwing for thirty to thirty-five thousand career yards. I mean, there's there's guys on that list like Ryan Fitzpatrick who's thrown for like twenty-seven or twenty-eight thousand yards. So I think this is. Garoppolo and a landslide. All right. Damn, can I change my thing? Good points, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can't change. Harry, what are you saying? I know, it's too late. (laughs) I deserve it. Harry, what do you think? Overall, I think... Overall, I think this is a game Eli and the team should be focused on winning, and I think uh, he wants to do it for the fans of New York, and uh, I think the team will support them. Uh, And the, the team and Eli, and there'll be plenty of jerseys, but career passing yards, I look... I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give this bet also to Garoppolo, mind you, the best quarterback ever to come out of Eastern Illinois. Did you hear that, Darren? Oh, oh really? The best what? quarterback okay. to ever come go. out of Eastern Illinois, meaning he's better than Tony Romo. Right. Yeah. Okay. What, what, I just wanted what? to make that. I just want to make that stat since Garoppolo's senior year in, at Eastern Illinois. At fifty-three touchdowns. While, while taking the dog to the vet, I looked this up today. I was curious. Garoppolo, fifty-three touchdowns, nine picks in his senior year, five thousand yards. The best season Romo ever had at Eastern Illinois was thirty-four and sixteen. How did he sixteen picks at Eastern Illinois? How did he even make the pros? But anyway, I'm going to go with Garoppolo because uh, yeah, he's got a bright future and he looks good. Even though a lot of fans will support Eli. I just wanted to throw that out there about the uh, Eastern Illinois. Harry, That's did you it. run that gem by your dog as you were taking him to the vet <laughs> for the grooming? What, or you just you just let it fly uh, just now? He's very, he's very, he, Comet's very interested during or during the Giants games. Very interested. All right, all right. What, Harry, do you weigh in there at the vet? In, uh, uh, yeah, did you weigh in today? I, you know what? This was a different. This was a different vet, so I didn't <laughs> want to. Actually, I didn't want to get on that scale because my dog usually weighs seventy six pounds. This time he weighed 84, so I was definitely not getting on that scale. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Are you feeding him the KFC? <laughs> you weigh your dog every day. Different vet. Different vet. Oh, but the vet uh, uh, essentially this gained eight, eight, gained eight pounds in, in a week? Your dog I don't did? know. I, that's why I didn't want to get on that scale. All right. All right. That was very confusing. Tate, what do you say about this? Scale. Garoppolo. <laughs> As the resident Jimmy Garoppolo of the show, are you saying career passing yards or Eli Manning jerseys? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Jimmy G. But I don't want to say him, so I'm going to say fans. Why not? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think there's going to be. I think it's if there's twenty thousand jerseys, that's a lot. 
Yeah. I, I think that's a lot of jerseys, and I think they will hit that. It's all going to be fans like Harry if he were there, all fans who were calling for Eli's head at some point during the last two years. But they have to wear the jersey anyway. They're outraged about this coach and everything else. But, okay, a lot of hypocrites. I say about 20,000 hypocrites at MetLife Stadium. And that's not going to be enough. I think Garoppolo, like uh, like Brother Bryce said, I think he falls in that thirty thousand range. And you have like you have the Alex Smiths, you have the Steve McNairs, you have you know Phil Sims right in there. You know 30, 34,000. Even Tony Romo, the great Tony Romo, thirty four thousand passing yards. I like passing yards for the great uh, Jimmy Garoppolo over Eli Manning jerseys. And that's another week of Captain Morgan's make-believe riverboat casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, guys. This is it. This is the big one. Sharp Tank. Lots going on this week. Lomachenko, Rigondeau, Army-Navy, Harry. Maybe that uh, tickles your fancy. Plenty of NFL action. What are you guys thinking? You're going to give me your best bet. I'm going to buy one of them. Two for three last week for the trifecta. Let's start with you, Brother Bry. Best bet of the week. Yes, I like uh, Seattle plus three this week against the Jaguars or at Jaguars. I, I really liked how they played last week against Philly. You know, I think they didn't even bother with Lacey. You know, they they had Russell running really early in the game. Usually, like, they kind of waited out a little bit. They'll, they'll run Lacey, run Lacey, and then when they fall behind, that's when Russell starts picking it up. I think they maybe found a little bit of rhythm in that game. I, I really know it. you know, Seattle knows this is a big game for them, and they need to stay in front of the Falcons. So if you look at some of the stats here, Russell Wilson is 18 and 5 in his 23 December games. He's also 17 and 6 against the AFC in his career in the regular season and 9 and 1 in his last 10. Another stat is Seattle's 20 and 5 in their last 25 December games against the spread. Meanwhile, on the other hand, if you look at Jacksonville, they're 4 20 and 1 against the spread in non-conference games and they're also 0 and 2 this year against the NFC North. And also when they've been at home this year, they've they've struggled against not only the Rams, which you know, I mean I said the NFC North, sorry, the NFC West, but not only the Rams have they struggled against, they struggled against the Chargers, and they also lost against the Titans at home as well. So I really like Seattle. I, I, th- I thought this game would be more of a pick or maybe Jags favored by one. I think three is way too many points, and you know I, I think it's hard to go against Russell this late in the year. I think you know Seattle knows how to play uh, at this time of year, and I'd expect them even to maybe win, but getting the three is, is bonus right here. All right. All right, I will comment after I hear all three. Brother Bry likes Seattle plus three. Parlay Kid, what's your best bet? You were a winner last week. All right, Sal. Um, I'm taking two good teams coming off losses in a money line parlay this week. Uh, I like the Carolina Panthers at plus 125 over uh, the Vikings. I feel like the Vikings are due for a loss. Case Keenum has been playing out of his mind. I feel like the Panthers did. I think Tate would admit admit this too as a, as a fan of the Panthers they kind of got pushed around last week mm-hmm. I have never seen the Panthers D get pushed around like that especially with Keekley on the field uh, I think they're going to kind of play a little angry this week uh, something to prove um, they are home the Vikings are, have to travel there to, to, to play them so I think I like Carolina they are an 8 win team and they're a home dog coming off, <laughs> coming off a loss so I kind of like them uh, and I also like uh, the Eagles over the Rams this week. I know the Eagles, they, they're, they're doing a lot of traveling right now, uh, but there's something about this Eagle team. They seem to be a mentally tough team. I think they're going to put a lot of heat on Goff. On Goff this is the ba- battle of two of the up-and-comers, right, between Goff and Wentz. Sure. Uh, but I just think that the Eagles are going to come out off a loss. I, think, I, I, really like, I don't see this as a team that can lose two in a row. I really don't. So I think the Eagles are plus 105 on a money line parlay. So if you if you add it up, you're going to get plus 360 on, on Carolina and the Eagles. All right. Tate, what do you think of that? You think uh, at least the Carolina-Minnesota part? Yeah, I think I think Carolina will bounce back. Uh, last week, they, they have a weird thing with the Saints this year. They can't tackle Kamara. He's unbelievable. So They're not alone. Yeah. yeah. He's explosive. All right, I'll go back to that in a minute. Harry, you were the loser last week. What's your best bet this week? Well, I'm going to go with the total in the NFL this week, and I've gone with the total once as my best bet in the NFL 
so far uh, once this season, and that was a winner. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the New England Miami game under 47 points. Okay. Look, it's like a perfect storm equation here, where you have a Monday night game added together with a short week of preparation for New England having to play at Pittsburgh next week. With no Gronk equals a heavy dose of running the ball by committee for the Patriots, which, you know, and all you unders out, under underbetters out there, we love to see the clock keep running, keep running. So under 47. In the last two games, the Patriots have had almost 200 yards a game on the ground. Of New England's six road games, only two have managed to go over 41 points. The Pats are giving up only 13 points a game on the road in those six games. And since week seven, the Pats are giving up only 10.7 points per game and have yielded only six touchdowns. Mm -hmm. However, my only concern is, Brian, my boy, Jake Cutler, doesn't throw the game to the Patriots with dumb turnovers, a.k.a., as I called him, scum. (laughs) <laughs> but I think the under 47 is the play here. Maybe a conservative win by the Patriots, like 24-13. So I got under, and the Patriots-Dolphins, under 47 is my best bet. All right. Well, you, so you're screaming about the player you hate most in the league. You, you scream about turning it over all the time. You're, you're going to say he's not going to turn it over here, and it's going to stay under. I can, I can give up one. I can give up one pick. One pick? Still get the under. Brother Bry, help me out here. Are you asking for trouble betting the under in any of these night games? I think the answer is yes, right? Yeah, I think it, the trend t- typically ends up going on the over lately Yeah, um, in general. So, uh, yeah, you might be asking for trouble, Harry. Oh, all right. Harry, I'll, I'm going <laughs> to... Especially, I'll, yeah, I don't know what the Pat... I'd, I'd have to look no to, to see the, Pat, the Pat's number in the, the night games. I think most of those go over, but I could be wrong. But, Harry, they kill the clock by passing the ball anyway, whether it's the Burkett or Cooks or anything. They do, it, it, they it do. Really but, but their defense has been unreal. <clears throat> those stats are no no joke All right. on the defense. Okay, and I know why you like this. I don't even... Did you mention this? Did I miss it? The first time they played, it went over, right? That's why you like the under. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Whatever. Yeah. Wasn't it like 52 yep. points? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. That's what I like down there. Patriots uh, can just slide by on this one. They don't have to roll it up. They don't have to be impressive. They don't have to show Pittsburgh anything leading into next week. All right. Brother Bry, get into yours. I, uh, I can't jump on. I'm sorry because Jacksonville is one of my best bets this week, as you'll see on. Uh, the ringer. Uh, oh, yeah, no. I know. So I'm buying. <laughs> I'm buying the half point. I'm giving two and a half. I think it'll be a great game. Uh, Jacksonville's defense. Listen, if if they're in it in the fourth quarter, uh, then Rus- Russell Hustle and Bustle will probably make a a comeback for the ages, like he does. But I I, I think it's going to get out of hand. I, this is not a great. Uh, defensive setup for Seattle. I think Russ is going to be running backwards. They they have like 44 sacks, Jacksonville, uh, a plus 12 turnover margin. I know some of that is against lesser teams, but Harry, what do you think about the West Coast team coming east for a 4 p.m. start? You love shit like that. No? <laughs> We've that gone over that a million that times. That didn't jump out past, at you? Yeah, uh, it, it does, but it's still, it, 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 this, that game, though, it, I, I it's new territory for Jacksonville. They'll be playing the late game at home and having a big team of Seattle coming in. I don't know if they can handle that sort of uh, that sort of situation. All right. Um, All right, so you're saying I should buy Brian's pick instead of yours? <laughs> I wouldn't go that he far. Likes, he likes it better than his. All right. I'm, I'm, you guys want to switch picks right now? All right. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. I think I'm going with the parlay kid here. I like this. I like. Uh, I'm going to go with oh, Carolina. Yeah. You know, I I just I hope the Vikings fans aren't listening because I've given them a lot of shit for like months, and then I finally said something nice about him on the the Bill Simmons podcast, and now I'm going with the Parlay Kid with his parlay of Carolina over Minnesota mm. and the Eagles over the Rams. I agree. I just think the Eagles are a better team at plus three sixty. That's going to be my pick, and I like it. Go. There you go. Yeah. No, what? What, Harry? Sal, just for, just just for that, yeah. since we're watching the games this weekend oh, uh, we are. out in uh, out in your uh, neck of the woods, yeah. Just for that, I think I'll wear my Eli jersey all game. 
Oh, good. Good. You're, good. You're, you're, I mean, you're the ultimate yeah. Eli hypocrite. I mean, you were how many, how many years was he calling for Nasib to start, guys, before he was even on the team? Oh, yeah, years. I, yeah. I, I just said I was going to wear the jersey still is calling for Nassib. Nassib. That's all. I don't care. I just said I'm going to wear the jersey in front of you all day. That's all. And, and, and Sal, good news on your front. Today was the first time I, Harry sounded somewhat defeated regarding the weight. Oh, really? I oh, think this, be- this is good news. I felt like he sounded a little defeated. Yeah, I think... This is getting tough for him right now. I so. It's getting tough. I wouldn't say defeated. I'm just, I'm just hungry for bad food. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's ah, the first sign I'm of defeat. Make sure you feed him like crazy this weekend, though. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And guys, I have enough, I have more news for you. I, I I think he went on that scale. I think he's afraid to say. Tate, do you, you, are you back me up yeah. here? He Did definitely it? got on that scale. I think it's the same vet. I think it's a whole conspiracy. <laughs> Why did you change vets, Harry? Why are you changing vets? Oh, that. Uh, Dog has a uh, ear issue, so we went to a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have ear issues. I don't know. I think this is uh, great. I, all right, yeah, I kind of like it. Maybe Bovada knew something by taking that bet off the board. But um, and uh, Parlay Kid, remember, remind Harry what happened uh, the first time. I think we watched the Gi- actually. I I watched the Giant uh, Cowboy games in college with Harry, and it was miserable. But the most important time we watched was that. What year was that? Was that 1994? And Emmett Smith ran for how many uh, hundreds of yards? I think it was... Uh, it 93. Was, it was 93, but I think it was yeah. New Year's Day of New 94. Year's, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, exactly. I think right. it was 94, yep. Was that a wild card Emmett game? Emmett Smith. Or was that the last... Uh, Emmett Smith. Oh, it was the it was last game of the regular last season. Last game of the regular season. Giants would have won the division if they would have won the game. Right. Uh, we watched it at uh, Antipi's. That's right. We did watch it at Antipi's. We were all huddled in, right. uh, in a room, like 17 of us. <laughs> all right. Well, there yeah. you go. That's a degenerate trifecta. Uh, tweet me at the Cousin Sal. Brother Bry is at BSZOK816. The Parlay Kid is at the Chalk Talker. And Harry is at AAO Harry. Harry, did you change your password yet? Changed it. You did. All set. What is it? What's the new password? You want it? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Harry uh, Tate. I don't know what's going on, but someone's hacking it. You know, I, I asked him to change the password. He he couldn't be bothered. He'd rather run the risk of getting fired. Someone obviously has it out for him and tweeted. Uh, what, what was it? Combined age of the three women I was with in Vegas this <laughs> this week was uh, 190. Was that what it was? <laughs> Harry, yeah, you, you didn't. But, you, that it's really you. but it's really 196. Okay. Really 196. I got it. See now, you say things like that, and I don't know if you tweeted it or not. <laughs> yeah, I think he tweeted it. We're blaming this hacker, but it's probably just Harry in a weird way uh, bragging. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Either way, he's at AAO Harry, and uh, reach out to the other fellas too. Thanks, guys, and uh, stay tuned for Bob Aram. But first, a word from my bookie. Believe it or not. The holidays are just around the corner, and that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending. But it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games you could score big on every day. And MyBookie is a place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. It's your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Play like the pros on game day with money line, side, or total. Whatever you choose, if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to MyBookie.ag because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. But you don't have to take my word for it. Even though I was the one who bet Tennessee minus seven over Houston last week on my bookie, piece of cake, check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use the promo code SAL to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This is a real treat for me. My next guest, a man celebrating 50 years in professional boxing. He's promoted over 2,000 events, I think. He has a big one coming up this week when Vasil Lomachenko defends his junior lightweight title against Guillermo Rigondeaux. The great Bob Aram is with us. What's up, Bob? Well, I'm good. Good, good. I, uh, you know, I'm getting ready uh, uh, for this great fight uh, this Saturday uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, you 
know it's a great fight. It was sold out in three days. Yeah. Uh, fans are really uh, anxious to see this because uh, here you have in the ring, uh, in each corner, a fighter that's won two Olympic gold medals that never happened before in the whole long history of boxing. Wow. That's amazing. And also amazing yeah. you turned 86 this week. What a what a birthday gift you get to talk to me this week. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I thought that my birthday gift is being able to promote this great classic fight <laughs> day after my 86th birthday. But whatever. You're, <laughs> I mean, it's a blessing to talk to you also. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. I, I know you're just kidding around, but you've promoted all the greats. You really have, like, Ali, Joe Frazier. I can go on a Foreman, Sugar Ray. Marvin Hagler, Hearns, Duran, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, De La Hoya, Mayweather, Pacquiao. Which one are you most proud of? Which fight? The Hagler-Hearns? Well, the Hagler-Hearns fight was probably the best fight of the of all that I promoted. Mm-hmm. But the Ali Fraser third fight, the one in Manila, was a great, great fight. Unfortunately, ruined both guys. They never were the same after that fight. Yeah. I mean, they let it all hang out. It was... Uh, uh, Joe couldn't come out for the 15th round because both eyes were shut. Uh, but uh, uh, Hagler Hearns, I mean, they would they went at it uh, for two plus rounds, uh, the most ferocious fight that I've ever seen. And you labeled that fight before it happened as the war, and it really lived up to its billing. I think if I had to show. Anyone who was about to get interested in boxing, if I had to show them one fight, that would be the one. That would absolutely be the one I would show them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I knew it was going to happen. You did. Because I, I, I came up with this scatterbrained idea, and it was the first time. Uh, we did a tour. We did 26 cities in 14 days around the country. Mm-hmm. And they got on. Tommy, for some reason, got on Marvin's nerves. And I remember at St. Louis, Tommy, uh, Marvin jumped over a table and wanted to fight then and there. And I started screaming, you guys throw one punch and the fight's off and you're going to cost yourself millions of dollars. And that stopped it. But these guys hated each other for, for no real reason except that they had gotten on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. And as a promoter, though, it must have it, it must aggravate you when a guy like Marvin Hagler decides he wants to become an actor. He's still, like, in his prime, still has, you know, uh, $10 million fights ahead of him, and he, he just wants to shut it down. Was that was that weird for you? No. Uh, Marvin, uh, after after the, the Hearns fight, wanted to quit. Right. Uh, he, uh, he didn't want to fight anymore. And somehow we got him into the Mugabe fight, and that turned out to be a tough fight. He finally knocked Mugabe out. And then I couldn't get him to fight Leonard. He wanted to leave. And finally the money was so enormous that he agreed to fight Leonard. Right. And after the fight he told me, that's it, I'm quitting. And he walked away and went to Italy. Yeah. And and a year later uh, there was a function at Caesar's Palace to commemorate all the great boxing they had done there. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the picture now, and uh, Ray was there, and Tommy was there, and Marvin, and uh, Ali, and myself, all in tuxedos. And Ray said to me, go over and talk to Marvin and tell him let's do the rematch <laughs> and millions of dollars we can make. Yeah. So I went over to Marvin, and I said, Marvin, Ray told me to come speak to you that he wants to do the rematch. And Marvin looked at me with that scowl, and said, Bob, tell Ray to get a life. <laughs> and did you do that, or are you just doing that right now? Is this would Ray... No, I went over, I told, I told Ray, Marvin, I told him what Marvin said. Right. He said, Marvin, just, just is not coming out of retirement, not going to fight. Unbelievable. And it wasn't because he wanted to be a movie star or anything. No. He just had it with boxing. Yeah. Well, smart in a way, I would say, yeah. But what's so is that the fight that got away? There must be one matchup that you wanted to arrange, but for some reason, timing, maybe boxers aged out, you weren't able to get going. Does does anything uh, ring a bell when I say that? Well, there, you know, there's always fights that you can't make, and by the time you get them made, uh, uh, 
one fight is lost and it's not a significant fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can't in in plotting out these fights, you can't be right a hundred percent. And sometimes the dice rolled snake eyes. Mm-hmm. Happens a number of times. Yeah, yeah. My cousin Jimmy was uh, was in Pacquiao's corner when uh, he fought Mayweather. He actually came. He was dressed like Justin Bieber. And he was walking down the uh, Pacquiao wanted him in his corner. Obviously, probably the most highly anticipated fight in decades. Do you think if that had happened three years earlier, you could have had a rematch or two years earlier? I mean, we had yeah, been talking absolutely. about it a long time. We could have, they could have fought three times. There's right. no question in my mind that if it happened earlier, uh, Manny would have won the fight. Oh, really? So it was the shoulder yeah, injury. Manny was a much better fighter. By the time he fought Mayweather, he was a little shop one. He had gotten knocked out yeah. by uh, Marquez. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wasn't the best Manny. Yeah, if you look at their common opponents, Manny, Manny took care of them better than and easier in, in shorter fashion than Mayweather did. So Yeah, that's right. That, that's true. Yeah, so now this is a gambling podcast, so I have to ask. You must have had a heads up like one of your fighters wasn't training as hard or maybe he was crushing his sparring partners. Did it ever? Or did you ever inspired to bet on a fight as a result of what you had seen? I've, I've never bet on a fight. I think it's you know obviously I live in a place where gambling is legal, right? And I'm living a place where I could uh, use the inside information that I have to bet on a fight, but I've never bet on a fight. Have you told a, a close friend that hey, listen, I've 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 promoted many fights, and this is going to be one-sided. Have you ever had something like that? Well, I, you know, I, it's hard to, to, to say definitively no, mm-hmm. because when I first came to Las Vegas, I was uh, really impressed by how all these famous gamblers, mm-hmm. uh, when I, we'd all eaten a delicatessen uh, off the strip, and all these famous gamblers, when they saw me came in, they couldn't they sit with us, or they bought me lunch and so forth. And obviously, they were, you know, getting information, and I didn't realize what was happening. Oh, really? So I must, I'm, yeah, sure, because, <laughs> you know, that was their business, mm-hmm. gambling on fights. Uh, the NFL wasn't as prominent at that point, uh, but... Uh, uh, they were gamblers, and so gamblers look to get any piece of information that they can just the way the guys who investment bankers right. look to do the same uh, with stocks. Right, right. All right, so well, while we're on the subject, you have to tell me, because I've been on the short end of some of these. I gamble a lot, and some of these fights look a little fishy. What can you do about some of these judges? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in you and say that they – they were inept. The Pacquiao, Bradley, Horn, Pacquiao, the judges. More recently, uh, Triple G, Alvarez. It, it's not good for boxing. You have to admit, right? You know that is that is really true. And as long as we have a system where judges are picked willy-nilly by commission commissioners, mm-hmm. where there is absolute favoritism in picking judges, uh, where in Nevada. Uh, most of the judges that are picked for the big fights are from Nevada, and their greatest qualification is they come from Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, look at all the close uh, calls in the NFL. But the NFL is not uh, criticized, and rightly so, because they have a group of officials they get keep the same group. They get assigned. If a guy screws up, he's out, or he, he's, you know, they handle it. Right. Here, here as a promoter, we can't handle it. I mean, uh, you you get somebody like Adelaide Bird. Yes, that's uh, the one. Who, who's who's <laughs> a lovely woman, but where she can't judge a fight. Mm-hmm. She can't judge. I mean, she is. It's so many fights she's been off. Right. So, you know, 
don't appoint her. Just because she comes from Las Vegas and she's a nice lady doesn't mean the commission should appoint her. And by the way, you've, uh, whether ex- accidentally or not, you've benefited from some of these bad decisions, and it makes you look bad if you're not, in fact, you know, behind all of this. It makes you look bad. People point to you. Well, say, I've, I've, I, you know, I've benefited for some, right? And but and, and for many, I've I've been torched, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 that goes to the essence of the fact that there's no corruption here, but there is ineptitude, right? You know, I mean, when. Bradley got the decision over Pacquiao. I was stunned. Mm-hmm. Pacquiao won that fight from here till tomorrow. That was terrible. I right. lost money on that. Right, yep. right, and uh, you know, it, it, the look at the decision in New York uh, on HBO last uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, uh, uh, Thanksgiving night, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Jason Sosa beats the hell out of Gamboa, mm-hmm. and all three judges, one scores it a draw, and the other two go for Gamboa, even though he lost two points, one on a knockdown, yeah. and one and one for a low blow, one for holding. So, uh, I mean, you know, it goes on all over. Sometimes you benefit, and sometimes it hurts you. But if the sport suffers because of the ineptitude of the judges. Right. Luckily, luckily, we are in a position now where virtually all of the referees who referee uh, these uh, the significant world title fights are very good. Yes. You don't see many complaints uh, about the referees once in a while. Maybe a referee stopped the fight too soon. Mm-hmm. But... You know, the referee is in the ring, and he can see by the expression the fighter's eyes and so forth when enough is enough. Right. The referees, are, I haven't had a problem with the referee in years from a gambler standpoint. What about this? How hard would it be to have five judges for a championship fight? Like, I know wouldn't it would help. No? Wouldn't help. You, have five, you know, because, you know, it, it, sometimes, you know, sometimes you get two clowns or three clowns. Yeah. And and if you had five, you get maybe three or four. Right. The point is, you got to get competent judges. You got to have a pool of judges, international, maybe fifty judges who get assigned on a regular basis to these fights. And so, it, they're not assigned based on where they come from, uh, where what state they live in, uh, which commissioner. Uh, it has a, a soft spot for one or the other of them, uh, which judge maybe contributes to a political party. Right. How about that? Yeah. No, you're How right. How about that? Yeah. No. You know, if, if the, if the, let's take Nevada. If the commissioners are appointed largely by a governor who selects a boxing commissioner, and there are five here, on the basis of whether he's a contributor and a supporter to his party. And it's the same with a Republican governor, a Democratic governor. They all look to appoint people who help their party. Uh. Depends on who's in power. So if you get that kind of political influence in the appointment of commissioners, don't you think you might have that same type of influence on the assignment of judges? Yeah. I can't believe. I mean, in 2017, we're still talking about this, but you're right. And you're right in the fact that the Horn-Pacquiao fight, it wouldn't have mattered because three judges had Horn beat Pacquiao. So if you went to five, it wouldn't matter. But it would in the case of an Adelaide Bird. You know, someone like this wouldn't wouldn't stick out if it was just one I, of them. Yeah, you know? the, the point is there was a judge that—see, I, I was at that, that Horn-Pacquiao fight. Mm-hmm. And 115, 113 for Horn was was very possible. Really, oh. that, it was a it was a close. Oh, fight. Bob, come but, on, really? Um, I, yeah, I was there, man. I was there. I saw it. Now I know Teddy believed differently, but I saw it. Those early rounds, 
he was bulldozing Pacquiao around. But you have to punch I him. Had, you can, I, coming I, forward. I had Pacquiao winning the fight by a point because right. I had a 10 8 round. Right. But, you know, the, the judge who was crazy is the one I never heard of who had Horn winning it uh, virtually running away with the fight. I that know. was crazy. Pacquiao had like a 10 8 round, and it should have been. But I, I, see, that's that, the point. 10 8 round, clearly. But you, that, just so you, that's my point exactly. You said you were at the fight. I think. These people being at the fight makes it even worse. I think you're getting, you know, they should almost watch with headphones on and not be able to hear the crowd. No, not- no. At the at the Sosa uh, Gamboa fight, yeah, uh, at the Garden, uh, you know, they, they, they weren't, there wasn't much rooting for either fighters. So right. ineptitude is ineptitude. I know. Sometimes fight judges are swayed by the crowd sure. right all right do me a favor and then we can move on from this will you will you give me a heads up next time you hear about a fixed fight or if you decide to fix a fight that's all i want is a heads up is I, that right? I, I, t- I tell you i okay. tell you all right good i don't know of any fixed fights the only way they fix a fight nowadays is they put a good fighter, a really good fighter in with a stumble bomb like uh the uh kovalov shabransky fight Mm-hmm. Did Shabransky have any business being in the same ring as Kovalov? Uh, he's lucky he made it to the second round. That was he's lucky he made it into the ring yeah. the first, for the first round. Right. Yeah. All right. Let me talk about this because this is something that's coming up, and you know the sport has to uh, it's, it has to evolve, and you're a part of this. Are you worried about like? pay-per-view numbers, people stealing pay-per-view. I won't even mention what apps you can do this on, but it's happened with movies, certainly music, lots of digital thievery out there. How, how do you remedy this in the future? You did an interview. You said pay-per-view wouldn't even exist in three years, uh, like like a couple, like la- last year or something. Do you think this is well, it possible? Well, wouldn't, it, wouldn't exi- it wouldn't exist in its current form. Right. But it will exist. It will exist. Mm-hmm. I think when... Uh, the world goes to direct to consumer. In other words, where we have these apps uh, where uh, you can scramble the signal mm-hmm. and you can go right to the device and people buy it that way, which is what it's coming to. Right. Uh, and you have the prices realistic, 5 and $10 for the event. Mm-hmm. People will uh, not, in my opinion, uh, bother uh, to steal the signal because the price is so little. And if you steal the signal and they catch it and they shoot it down, you lose the picture right in the middle. So for five or ten dollars, it's not worth it. For a hundred dollars, it's worth the gamble. Yeah. Right. So you're saying, but I mean, what's weird? Can you believe people used to pay twenty five dollars to leave their houses and go to an arena and watch a fight on what was called closed circuit television? Some of my younger listeners don't even know what that is. It seems crazy now, doesn't it? Well, what's crazy is the twenty. Is you say twenty five dollars? Mm-hmm. That was a number brought in by Jerry Perencio who did the first Ali Fraser fight. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, it was 5 and $10 wow. to go to the arena to watch a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Perencio raised it to 25 and and got it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and in the early days, uh, in the, the 60s, you know, you, you'd go to a theater and you'd watch it on uh, closed circuit. And the machinery was so goddamn bad, you could barely <laughs> see which fighter was who, who was who. You know, it was the picture was horrible right. in many cases. It gradually improved, but by the eighties, we you know we the, the satellites came in and uh, that changed the technology. And then later it went to pay per view. All right, let's talk. I don't want to keep you too long. It's it's. I could talk forever about this or boxing and old boxing. This is great. But Lomachenko, this guy, he's mentioned with Golovkin. Terence Crawford is the best pound for pound. I say I say it's Lomachenko. I don't see one flaw in this guy's game. He has he has hundreds of amateur fights. How did you know to turn him pro? Like when was the when was the timing on this? Well, you know everybody was after Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Because he had this crazy amateur career. He lost one fight, which he revenged about four times. 
uh, and he won like 390-some fights. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody wanted him. And, you know, people were offering him a lot of money to turn pro. And he and his father, they're very serious people, came to see me. And they told me they just wanted me to make the best fights for him. Mm-hmm. And they'd earn their own money, and they didn't want any of my money, uh, which was music to my ears. And I start, I realized I had seen his amateur fights, that, you know, you didn't have to prep him. He could beat anybody. Oh. This guy had such skills. Right. And so, you know, it was not like starting a young kid in four and six round fights. You know, and by his second fight, he was fighting 12 rounds. Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, he is the best fighter that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, with the possible exception of Ali, the early Ali. Mm-hmm. But he is incredible. Ali did a lot of things great, but they were instinctive. You know, this kid does a lot of things great, and it's all purposeful. Right. He is a master at the sport of boxing. Yeah, uh, his defense. I mean, Terrence is a great fighter. Terrence mm-hmm. is more, more traditional, but, you know, great, great fighter. Golovkin is powerful middleweight who can box. is a terrific fighter. They're all terrific fighters, but Vasily Lomachenko is special. Definitely, and his opponent is uh, is nothing to sneeze at either. Rigondeaux. I, I I was watching his knockout video. He's He's a monster, too. He goes side He's, to side. Uh, Rigando, Rigando is no joke. He's a great fighter. Yeah. The problem with Rigando is his, his, his marketability. And the reason for that is that Rigando comes from the, the Cuban system. Mm-hmm. And in the Cuban system, they, you know, it's amateur, so it's three rounds or four rounds. So they win the early rounds, and they've won the fight. And then they coast. Mm-hmm. They screw around. They they so they win a decision. They know when they've won. They know when they beat the guy, and they have no interest in prolonging the contest. Yeah, Lomachenko is different. He looks to pile up the points, but he's always looking to destroy his opponent. Right. For him, he wants to close the show. That's the difference between Lomachenko and Rigando. And and he doesn't get hit, Lomachenko. And that's why this is going to be such a compelling fight. Great, this, great fight. This, I can't yeah. wait to see it. I really can't. I mean, this fight will be a classic. It will be uh, talked about and be shown for many, many years to come. Yep. This Saturday, Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, as Gorilla Monsoon used to call it. Bob, thanks for coming on. Congratulations. Happy birthday, and uh, good luck with the fight this weekend. Okay, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on, Sal. Thank you. All right, Bob Arum. Great. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for a Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame or you just want to shoot us an email, do so. Cousin Sal, Against All Odds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135, tonight, every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate trifecta and bob arum i'm sal saying so long and happy handicapping nah, nah, nah.